Greetings and good morning to you, the saints and the church that is the firm foundation. Blessings and honor to your pastor, my sister and woman of God, uh, minister and pastor, Eva Melton. It is indeed a blessing to be back before you, uh, Firm Foundation, to share the word of the Lord. I am excited about what the Lord is going to say to us. Uh, I believe that hearing this message that we will be encouraged and transformed. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Let us have a word of prayer. Go before the throne of the Almighty with me. Gracious God, how we bless your name and we thank you for your marvelous presence and your participation in our lives. We pray your blessings on our time together this morning. We pray, God, that you will bless the work of the Firm Foundation and their pastor, my sister, Pastor Eva Melton. I pray, God, that all that they set their hands to will be blessed. And God, moreover, I pray that you will give my mind recall. I pray, God, that you will uh, transform, God, the minds and the hearts of the hearer as your word is being taught and as your word goes forth. This is your servant's prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning, I, won't, I will ask that you go with me to the Gospel of John, a very familiar passage of Scripture, John chapter 6. And we want to read the first 14 verses. I will be reading from the Christian Standard Bible. Uh, I would that you turn with me to the Gospel of John chapter, chapter 6. After this, Jesus crossed the Sea of Galilee or Tiberias. A huge crowd was following him because they saw the signs that he was performing by healing the sick. Jesus went up a mountain and sat down there with his disciples. Now the Passover, a Jewish festival, was near. So when Jesus looked up and noticed a huge crowd coming toward him, he asked Philip, where will we buy bread so that these people can eat? He asked this to test him, for he himself knew what he was going to do. Philip answered, 200 denarii worth of bread wouldn't be enough for each of them to have a little. One of the disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, there's a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they for so many? Jesus said, have the people sat down. There was plenty of grass in that place, so they sat down. The men numbered about 5,000. Then Jesus took the loaves, and after giving thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated. So also with the fish, as much as they wanted. When they were full, he told his disciples, collect the leftovers so that nothing is wasted. So they collected them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces from the five barley loaves that were left over by those who had eaten. When the people saw the sign he had done, they said, this truly is the prophet who is to come 
into the world. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be unto God. I want to teach and preach this morning from the title, The Lessons We Learn from a Lad. The Lessons We Learn from a Lad. No one can doubt that in our lives, even as adults, we can learn some very important life lessons from children. I am blessed to have four children and in the, their rearing, my wife and I have been fortunate enough to glimpse them and to observe them in their daily activities. Now I am privileged to have three grandchildren and there's hardly ever a time when they are not in my presence when I'm not learning. They've taught me the simple pleasures in life, how to not sweat the small stuff. They also teach me just by insisting that they be barefoot all the time to enjoy the simple pleasures in life. They also teach me uh, whenever we are together that family time and family indeed is the most important blessing that God has given us besides his son. When we survey the biblical record, we see intentionally that God in his providence by the inspiration of the, of the Holy Spirit has placed children throughout the biblical record in strategic places that have given us important lessons in their very lives. We can learn a lot from a lad. We learn from Joseph as a teen that what God has for you, it is for you. David, as a boy, as a lad, teaches us that God will fight your battles if you just stay still. Esther teaches us, and especially young ladies, that uh, we ought to see ourselves as God sees us. In fact, Esther teaches us that uh, you can be beautiful, but also you can be an activist and you can be intelligent. Esther teaches us that we ought to see ourselves the way God sees us and to be used by God accordingly. Jesus, as a boy, as a lad, teaches us that we maximize our potential for success the earlier we learn God's will for our lives. Jesus, as a boy, had discovered his purpose in life. And, and even from the time that he discovered his purpose, Jesus went about saying that I must be about my father's business. Mary teaches us that you can start from the bottom and be here. In other words, my brothers and sisters, my friends, you can learn a lot from a lad. When we read this very familiar text, that's recorded, in, recorded for us in the Gospel of John, chapter 6. We have uh, studied this text, read this text, preached from this text, perhaps since our Sunday school years. But very rarely 
do we give ample attention to the boy in the text? The boy is just a, uh, a, a fly-by-night kind of character. The boy comes in and lends his uh, fish and his bread, and he's gone off the scene. But a closer examination of this text reveals to us that we can learn a lot from a lad. One of the things that we learn about this lad immediately is that we learn, here it is, that momentary fixes will forfeit enduring fulfillment. I need you to come a little closer because here it is. This boy could have took his fish and his bread and he could have eaten for himself. But I believe that somewhere this boy realized that just a few fish and just a few pieces of bread is just momentary even for a lad. I believe this boy realized that now I could take this bread and I could take this fish and I can make me a, a fish sandwich, but it would only be temporary or momentary. This boy realized that he could perhaps fix his hunger and perhaps the hunger of a few other people, but in just a few hours, he and the rest of them would be in the same place that everyone else was, and that was, that is, they would be hungry. Sometimes we settle for momentary fixes. Psychologists calls this instant gratification. In other words, we live in the world of the microwave. We want what we want, and we want it now. There are young people who want right now what other people have worked all their lives to have. We are a people that are that is bent and that's leaning toward this instant gratification ideology and mindset. But I want to tell you that momentary fixes will often forfeit enduring fulfillment. The impetus, the catalyst, the root of momentary fixes finds itself in a mindset of fatalism. Many times we settle for momentary uh, fixes because we lack the wherewithal to endure the discomfort or of today and the ability to see the brightness of tomorrow. Many times we have a fatalistic view or fatalistic worldview. We want what we want right now. We will let tomorrow take care of itself. Uh, we want to uh, fix problems uh, by sweeping them under the rug right now. And this often is caused by this spirit of fatalism. Here it is. I want to make this simple and plain. I believe that fatalism is what the children of Israel experienced. They were only going to be in the wilderness, supposedly for 11 days. But this spirit of fatalism, this spirit of uh, having this inability to see tomorrow, they wanted to be comfortable either, either in the promised land or back in Egypt right now. This fatalistic mentality is also what we see in Joshua chapter 7 with Achan. 
Achan, you remember when uh, the children of Israel, as they were uh, pilgrimaging uh, to the promised land, and they happened upon Ai, and God had told Joshua to tell the people to destroy everything, even the cattle, to not take for themselves the fine things. But here it is, uh, Achan did not want to wait. Achan perhaps had this fatalistic view. Achan felt that if I don't get it now, it just might not be gotten. Achan uh, hid uh, the fine things in his tent. And as a result, you know the rest, he was stoned to death. I believe that this fatalistic mentality is also what captured the mind, what arrested the spirit of Absalom, David's son. He wanted to be king right then. My brothers and sisters, I believe that if we could just endure the night, for the Bible says that weeping may endure for a night, but guess what? Joy comes in the morning. You don't need to have a fatalistic view on life. All you have to do is keep looking forward. And if you keep looking forward, you will not compromise your integrity, nor will you forfeit the enduring uh, satisfaction and the enduring fulfillment for momentary fixes. Momentary fixes never last long. Momentary fixes may fix a relationship for a week or two, but guess what? After that week or two, that problem is still staring you right in your face. Momentary fixes will not help you health-wise. Perhaps you need to go on and have the surgery. You need to go on and go on the diet because doing a little bit here and there, putting a Band-Aid on the problem will not fix it. Don't settle for momentary fixes. For whatever you have to endure, keep looking forward. Most of uh, some of my adult life, in, in, in fact, about 12 years of my adult life, I worked in the automotive industry. I worked as a team leader and then a human resource officer for MBUSI, Mercedes-Benz, right up the road in Vance, Alabama. I have always been uh, uh, dumbfounded and I've always been impressed about the technology that goes into cars. Many of you can identify what I'm about to say. My current vehicle uh, in most Mercedes these days have what we call a backup camera. A backup camera sits front and center so you can not only see what's behind you, but what I notice about the backup camera, and I noticed this the other day because I still have a tendency that even though I have a backup camera, I have the tendency to keep looking back. But here it is the other day, my passenger said, why are you looking back when you have a backup camera? With the backup camera, even if you're moving back, you can keep looking forward. I need to bring somebody into the living room. Here it is. I know in your life, it may seem that what you're going through, you are moving backwards instead of moving forward. But I want you to know that even in the toughest times in your life, even when things are bad and you seem like you have your back against the wall, just 
keep looking forward. For even when it seems like you're moving backwards, you keep on looking forward. This lad teaches us that you don't have to settle for momentary fixes. I guarantee you, if you trust the Lord, if you trust the Lord with all you have, I guarantee you that even though you may go through some things right now, but your tomorrow is much brighter than what you're going through. I hear Paul say it this way, and this is one of my favorite favorite scriptures. Paul says, though our light afflictions are but for a moment, they work for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. What Paul is really trying to say, although it's tough right now, if you just keep looking forward, keep holding on, don't have a fatalistic mindset, what you are going to is going to be well worth the pain that you're enduring right now. But guess what? This momentary fix is also rooted in this spirit of avoidance. We like to avoid tough decisions. We like to avoid hard conversations. We like to avoid things that we know that need to be eternally fixed right now. I need some listeners here because here it is, even in our country, I know a stimulus check would help millions of Americans right now. And no matter how you feel about it, I believe that we deserve a stimulus package. Every business, every uh, American, we need a stimulus package. But if I can be honest, a stimulus bill is still a momentary fix. America does not need to avoid what's staring most of us in the face. And that is, we have some serious systemic and structural problems and momentary fixes won't do the trick. We need healthcare free right now. We need free college right now. We need better jobs. We need a raise uh, minimum wage right now. We cannot settle for momentary fixes. But guess what? Momentary fixes are also rooted in pride. Now, this boy could have felt so proud. He could have felt like, these are my fish and I deserve it. And how many of us have that same attitude? We feel that just because we own whatever it is, we have the right to demand the, the, the desired outcome right now. This boy had fish when professional fishermen Peter and Andrew had none. He could have felt proud and boastful, but I believe this young man realized, this young lad realized that a momentary fix won't do the trick. But then we learned something else from this lad. We learned from this lad that miracles follow optimism. This is another miracle in the Gospel of John. But it only comes, I believe, after the optimistic spirit of this boy. Here it is in my sanctified imagination. I believe that this boy possessed something that Philip and Andrew did not even have. Here it is. Philip says, listen, uh, 200 denarii is not enough to feed all of these people. 
That is a negative attitude. But I could see perhaps Jesus after Andrew told Jesus, well, you know, there is a lad here with a lunch. He has a few fish and a few barley loaves. I believe that Jesus uh, called the boy off to the side. And I believe that Jesus talked to this boy like only Jesus can. And this boy put his faith in the Lord and he showed an optimism which produced a miracle. Here it is. Optimism works. Optimism is the fruit of faith. It is hopefulness and confidence about the future or the successful outcome of something. It expresses itself in word or deed. Optimism stops pessimistic people in their tracks. Optimistic people know that no matter how behind you are, you can win. You can come out on top. Optimism is Michael Jordan game six with just a 5.2 seconds on, uh, on the clock against the Utah Jazz game six. Optimism is Michael Jordan sinking the, sinking the shot and winning by one. Optimism is is the, uh, the the attitude perhaps that Auburn had in the 78th Iron Bowl. You know the one where Alabama is about to kick a field goal. The score is tied 28-28, but Alabama misses the field goal and the Auburn player uh, returns the field goal 109 yards for a touchdown. Optimism is believing that no matter how dark it is, no matter how far you are behind, that you can overcome. Optimism produces miracles. But as I close, this lad teaches us one more thing. This lad teaches us that mine feeds one, but thine feeds everyone. Mine only feeds one, but when he, if he were to say, Lord, this is thine, it feeds everyone. No matter what you have, if you give it to the Lord, he can do more with it than you can ever do. I hear that songwriter saying, I am thine, O Lord. I have heard thy voice and it told thy love to me. But I long to rise in the arms of faith and be closer drawn to thee. Draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, to the cross where thou hast died. Draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, to thy precious bleeding side. And when we are drawn near to that cross, we could say, Lord, this life is mine, but I want to make it thine. When we draw close to that cross, we can say, Lord, my broken heart is mine, but I want to make it thine. We can say, Lord, this career, this ministry, this church, this family, this marriage is mine, but I want to make it thine. Because can't you see Jesus Christ did that? Jesus Christ in that Garden of Gethsemane, uh, with 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 uh, uh, a a dark cloud over his face, I, can't you see Jesus saying, "Lord, if you can't take my bitter cup from me, but nevertheless, not my will be done, but thine will be done." This boy teaches us that mine can feed one, 
but thine can feed everyone. What is that? your thine? What is your mind? Whatever it is, give it to the Lord. These are the lessons that we learn from this lad. Momentary fixes, forfeits, enduring fulfillment. Miracles follow optimism. And mine feeds one, but thine feeds everyone. God bless you, firm foundation. These are the lessons from a lad. Lord, we thank you for these few minutes of sharing your in your word. We thank you that even from children, from lads, we can learn much. Lord, keep our antennas up. Keep our hearts and minds open, God. And Lord, we pray that you will bless us as we bless others. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.